Welcome to Dreaming Back to the Earth. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and I'm co-host with Katrina Dreamer of this incredible podcast dedicated to exploring the concept that our dreams and their wisdom are a path to our soul-rooted relationship to self and earth. Katrina, would you like to say hi? Hello, everyone. It's been a while since we have created a podcast, but we are excited to share what we have to share with you today. And in this episode, we've both been talking a lot about what is happening in the world today with the COVID crisis and environmental crisis, and in particular, the, the crisis that we're facing around racism in this country and how it affects all of us in some form. And in particular, for us, our work with our dreams and the work with the environment. And we really started thinking about how do we want to talk about this in our own work? And how do we want to bring the work that is important to us in terms of looking at our own identities and our own belief systems and the way we work with dreams and the way we live and connect with the environment. How do we talk about that? Because what I, I know for myself, and um, I, Katrina will talk, to this, talk about this too, it's really crucial that when we do these podcasts and when we talk about how we work with dreams and how we work with the environment, that we spend some talking, time talking about our identities and all that we believe in and do within our work and how we have come to all of that too. And so we felt that it was very fitting that in our effort, in my effort, to make a difference in the world and to recognize and work within my own white privilege that I take the time to talk about how I came to this place of doing this work with dreams and with the environment and how racism has played a role in helping me to understand my own white privilege in relationship to all of that. Um, so. Katrina, would you like to jump in and say anything more? Yeah, I mean, I'll just jump off of that to say, you know, we kind of witnessed a, a bit of a splinter of sorts within the IESD, the International Association of the Study of Dreams, and coupled with the Black Lives Matter movement that's um, been at the forefront uh, this month, we thought you know, how can we bring more of a social justice lens to what we're talking about? And that led us to thinking about how we could, yeah, talk a little bit about how we both came to dream work and also connecting with the earth. And then, you know, yeah, as Mary Kay mentioned, how does our white privilege play into that? What are ways that we've benefited from that? And what are ways that we're trying to dismantle that? Um, in the work that we do. So I think the, the first piece of that that we landed on was to talk about how we each came to dream work and, and what the path has been for us. 
um, just, you know, to, to have transparency, um, to, yeah, explain and, and give that background and also to say we're, we're both still learning. We're still learning and growing. We, we make mistakes. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where we're going with this here podcast today. Um, so I guess I can start talking a little bit about how I came to DreamWork. I have been fascinated in, about dreaming and dreams since I was young. And I, the first kind of memory that I have around my interest was when I was at the Tattered Cover in Denver and I had a gift certificate from graduation of high school and I saw the interpretation of dreams on the shelf. And I thought, well, what's that? What is that? And it's, it's enormous. It's a huge tome. And I picked it up and I read a few pages and I thought, what the hell is this guy talking about? I didn't understand it. It was too dense. And I put it back and I didn't really think about it. Think about dreams um, beyond maybe writing some down in my journal until I went to John F. Kennedy University, where I got my master's degree in consciousness studies. And the very first semester, I had a class called Sleep Dreams and something else that I can't remember in the title, but it was investigating the science of sleep. But the teacher, Marilyn Fowler, liked to bring in the more um, mystical elements as well. And so we started talking about keeping a dream journal, looking out for precognitive dreams, looking out for any themes, um, messages, etc. So I started to record my dreams. And at the same time, I was in a class with Kimmy Johnson. And it was dreaming with the ancestors, something like that. I can't remember the exact title of the class. And this is where I really started to understand that some of the ways that I had been connecting with spirituality were appropriation. And <clears throat> I had felt connected with Native American spirituality. I didn't know too much about paganism which is where I've landed now. And I had very little connection to anything that came from my ancestral line. So I had gotten really into a lot of new age uh, things at that point in my life. And especially loved using the medicine cards, the tarot cards uh, with the different animal totems and did not think one thing about me being a white woman using them. So in this class, Kimmy started to talk about how it was essential for all of us to stop doing that, <laughs> to stop it. Um, any of us who were white in the room and for us to begin to investigate similar practices 
within our own tradition. And Kimmy, having a background um, certainly of Scandinavian ancestry, and I believe some German ancestry as well, I'm not completely positive that I'm right about the German piece, um, started to point me in those directions. I have German ancestry, I have English ancestry, Norwegian, Swedish, Russian. And she wanted us all to find a divination tool that was connected to our lineage and also start asking the ancestors to communicate with us in our dreams. And it was that class uh, coupled with a dream that I had as a result of both connecting with the ancestors and the impetus of having to write a dream journal in Marilyn's class. Those two things connected uh, led me to have a really powerful ancestry dream. And I began working with the runes and learning about the Sami, the indigenous people um, in the North in Sweden, Norway, and Finland. And a lot of puzzle pieces started to fall into place. I learned about how strong the nature connection is um, for the Sami. Um, not that I for sure know that I have Sami lineage, but just knowing the indigenous ways of our ancestral lands, that was kind of the, the point that Kimmy was making. And finding out that the Sami had essentially a shaman type um, person in their tribe, in their, I don't know if they call them tribes actually, in their group. And um, that was huge for me because I was learning all about these practices that now have been labeled shamanic practices, but that word is particular to a region in Siberia that's not even universal. Um, even though it's become that. And just learning about those cultures, learning about those practices really woke me up. And I have since tried to be as sensitive as I can be about um, not appropriating. I work really hard to not appropriate from other cultures outside of my own. And I've, I've stumbled <laughs> in, uh, I can think of a few times. Um, but where I've kind of landed now is continuing to connect with those traditions that I learned, connect with my dreams, pull runes, do use tarot cards. Um, and yeah, connecting with the land, which was important for me. Um, I spent time in England and Norway and Sweden. And being able to do that with the privilege that I have um, really allowed me to find a deeper connection um, with those places and those people. So that's been my journey up to now. And I strive to, you know, continue learning and, and to do better um, and to take what I learned from that class, 
with Kimmy and teach it to other people to encourage them to find a connection to their ancestral indigenous cultures rather than taking from anyone else's culture. Right. So that's, that's a little bit about, about me and where my entree to dreams came. And I know that there are some similar threads for you, Mary Kay, but different. So, right. so I'm going to pass it over to you. Tell right. me a little right. bit. Thanks. And I really, really appreciate your story because I, I can resonate with um, how you came to, to explore and acknowledge your own heritage as a way to, to your connection with nature and dreams. And it's similar to mine. Um, and I'll start by saying that I was raised in a... Um, a very nature-connected family. Most of my my mother's side of the family are French-Canadian, and so they were always out in nature, hunters and um, forest rangers and, and so forth. And I acknowledge now that I think my family thought that I would go in that direction too, become the next forest ranger. Um, and I tried and that didn't really work. But, you know, I, I was raised with this deep connection to the natural world that has been handed down. I had one of my, my grandmother, um, my French Canadian grandmother from the Quebec area, um, came to the United States many, many years ago. And she was an herbalist, a healer and an herbalist, and they wouldn't let her practice in the United States. So um, there are a lot of stories about her work and, and how she really struggled when she came here. So I kind of feel like there's in my bones and in my blood, there is a propensity to be connected. Um, and always had opportunities uh, as I grew to be out in the natural world. But it was more of kind of like an outdoor rec um, way of being. Let's conquer nature. And I think at some point when I was doing my master's in counseling, I become, became aware through a counselor my desire to go deeper into that connection with with the earth in a more spiritual way. And like you, the only thing that was offered, it seemed at the time, was Native American um, traditions and spirituality. That's what was talked about the most. Um, but I also started to um, explore this whole concept of eco-psychology and, and how that related. And I worked at a university where I did diversity work. And, and during that time, I worked very closely with the woman that ran the multicultural center and I ran the women's center and the LGBT center. And we talked a lot. She was from the Passamaquoddy tribe in, in Maine. And we talked a lot and she was a strong force for me and a truth sayer. And she confronted me on where I was getting my practices from. 
um, and how I wanted to connect to the land. And she said to me, you got to find your own way. And that was a real kick in the butt for me. And I had always thought of myself as open-minded and not appropriating and so forth. But the realization was I was. And so I was like, do I give it up entirely? Can I not have a connection to earth because I'm not from a native tradition? And what I discovered is that's not true. Um, so I started exploring my own heritage, my own genetic heritage, blood heritage, and where I came from, where my peoples came from, and discovered that through that, that my father's side of the family was from Lithuania, and some of them practiced the goddess tradition. And then my mother's side of the family, all these forest rangers and hunters and, you know, healers came from the more Eastern European areas. And in Eastern Europe, we have Wicca and, um, and Druidry. And so that became an exciting piece for me that I could find my way to the earth and I could find practices that I wouldn't be appropriating from, from traditions that I and cultures I'm not a part of. And in doing that, it really helped me to, in many ways, understand where I came from. Um, I mean, that was one of the gifts to understand my family's background and the struggles that they went through and the gifts that they had to give me in my heritage from my ancestors. And as a result, I started practicing um, a form of reclaiming Wicca and then was introduced to Druidry and have been practicing that ever since as a, a priest in that tradition. And it's been very powerful for me. And, you know, it, it's one thing that comes up is that even within all traditions, there is this place of really being aware if, of not appropriating still. And so I am very aware of that in, in my work. And in particular, um, the whole notion of sweat, sweat lodges and sweat houses. And sweat lodges, um, I had been invited to them that were facilitated by medicine people and they were very powerful for me. And what I discovered and and my tradition is in the Celtic tradition, it's the sweat house. And so there, there are um, stone houses that are built where people will go in for healing. And most often it's like a steam room where herbs and so forth are used to facilitate um, a kind of like a toxic release and purifying the individual. And so you know, there it is, you know, I don't have to appropriate, you know, and participate in any form in a sweat lodge. I can have my own experience through my own traditions. And I have been called to, to facilitate those houses and it's been, and I brought the dream work to it. And I don't, you know, I, I use the, we call them the wren's nest and um, there are other forms um, that are used. So, so it's, it can be really powerful to really discover, 
your history and your connection and not appropriate from others. In terms of the dream work, you know, there isn't a lot written out there that I have read about other, um, especially in the African-American and black community. There aren't a lot of books that I am aware of. Um, and there are a few books that are um, written by Native people about how they work with dreams. And again, I'm very aware of the type of dream work that I do in terms of looking at the historical context is not the same. And I, I'm very aware of that. Um, do I make mistakes? Like you said, I probably do. And um, it's having conversations with folks around what is appropriating something and what is not. And so, you know, it's been really powerful for me to do the, I had the vision of doing dreaming back to earth. I really believe that our, our dreams can assist us in our own wholeness and our own connection back to remembering. And I think as white people, it's really critical for us to remember if we, I, if we are going to survive this planet, you know, in any form, we have got to take responsibility for our impact. And I really do believe that our dreams can assist us in remembering and opening us up to that responsibility. And I think it's work that's really needed. Um, so, so, and it, there have been times when I've really struggled with, is it right for me to do this work or not? You know, am I appropriating? And I think to even have that question is important and to keep, that at the forefront in whatever I do. Um, and so, and that's for, you know, the work that I do today, um, I see my dreams as a path. They teach me how, what I am doing in the world and what are my gifts and what are my places that I need to heal and to um, evolve into a more healthy, way of being at the same time that they give me all this information about my relationship to the earth. So, um, and I think that's really powerful. And um, so, yeah, that, that is how I came to everything and, and continue to learn and to open myself and to understand what role in my identity with my own, with my own privilege that can impact the work that I do. Um, I, there's some, I've seen some great books out now on white supremacy that I, and um, white fragility that I'm, I've started to read on anti-racism. And they ask some pretty tough questions and I'm you know, ready to explore and see what else that I need to do. So yeah, so that's, that's where I have come from and where I landed. Um, yeah. Just listening to you chat about that. One thing that struck me is I think part of what I learned through Kimmy and then what I integrated and wanted to share with people is that 
connecting with your own lineage, I think would be a powerful way for white people to understand what they've lost. Yeah. Um, I think part of why our culture is so skilled at colonizing and taking over places in nature is that we that that connection was severed a long time ago right and you know the the more earth connected traditions were wiped out not completely because there's you know we've been able to find threads but um you know that reconnection is it's so important i think that you know, that's not a panacea, but it, I think, would help people understand what Western culture has done. Right. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of ways and trying to find the right word, but there, there are a lot of avenues within you know, like, as you said, first connecting with your lineage and then finding out, okay, what are some practices or um, ways within those lineages to connect with the earth and to, to try them out, you know? Um, I think many, many, many cultures have some form of meditation. It's not going to be necessarily the way that Buddhists or Hindus do meditation, but that was one thing that I learned, that the Sami had a version of meditation. You know, contemplation, sitting, connecting. You can find that in a lot of places you don't need to appropriate from other other cultures. And I think everyone also dreams, and so finding ways that dreaming was practiced can be helpful. It's not an easy road though, as you said. I mean, dream work, especially here, um, the focus is Western psychology. Unless you're able to connect with other people who are outside of that. And as you said, you know, I've read a few books by Maladoma Somme that talk that aren't completely all about dreaming, but that talk about um, the practices within the tribe that he originated from in Africa. Um, there are some books written by Tibetans about Tibetan dream yoga that you can find. Um, but the the literature right now is pretty dominated by white people and white men really. So I think it's, it's, you know, we're at a moment where we can recognize that and we can move toward learning about the other ways that people do dream work and not necessarily to take from them, but to understand, right. And, and to learn. Um, And 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling like, oh, this is such a bigger topic than what we have time for in this in this podcast, which is what Barry Kay and I talked about, and you know, we have plans for different yeah. podcasts in the future, not to give answers necessarily, but just to ask these questions and talk about it, right. and maybe open up a dialogue, um, and you know, we always have a we always have a practice at the end, right, that we like to right. give people. Yeah, we didn't discuss this before we got into this podcast, but I'm thinking this, the one step that I would ask people to take after hearing this podcast, if, if you aren't already aware of your lineage, or if there's a branch that you has always kind of been an unknown and you'd like to know more, start the, start the work, start to understand and there will be pain and there will be a lot of joy as well right Right. i think anyone with german ancestry like myself has a lot to reckon with um but you know and you gotta you gotta bring it up and face it right Right. i think that's part of it too it's part of the shadow of all of this right um so yeah yeah the, the, the practice is taking that, for, taking that first step. Like if you, and if you know everything, if you've been on Ancestry.com, you've done the blood test, you're, you just know, then think about learning about a practice from one of your lineages that you can use to connect with the earth or to connect with your dreams or both. Um, it's, it's, it's just having gone through it, it's amazing what will come up. Right. It's really, you can't, you can't predict, you can't know. I mean, once the ancestors get involved, you know, <laughs> things can tend to go in directions you don't expect, but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I want to say along with that, you know, to be aware of some resistance comes up around mm. that and to really sit with what's that about. Because I think um, I was saying to some folks recently, it's, you know, it's, we, we need to go within first. We can't create change unless we're creating change within ourselves. And, and we have to look at the hard parts and and the uncomfortable parts and you know the chaos and messiness of that you know we don't need to beat ourselves up with it but we need to be aware and be willing to change and to review who we are and how who we are impacts the world and and looking at your own lineage is is one step to doing that and and know that like like uh, katrina said it can be painful and that's okay you know it's like it's okay you know just making sure that you've got support um to do that but that it's important work it's really important work and i think sometimes the resistance comes up and it's like why should i have to do this we need to. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's an important factor in anti-racism work and right. understanding white privilege to to look to see right how how did how did your family get here what were they doing before that right right it's important and and that it doesn't end either right. i mean it's like okay you're gonna we're we're asking or we're <laughs> suggesting taking this step and once you agree it's a it's a lifelong process there's always more to learn and there's always more to uncover discover yeah. and and continue to to work to show up yeah right 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 yeah yeah so there you are you have your practice and and we really appreciated you being with us and listening to this podcast and getting to know us even more and our own process and our identities. And we're going to be talking more about this in future podcasts. So we really thank you for being with us during these difficult times. Thanks everyone for listening. Many blessings. <laughs>